Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with women in the arts. You're listening to Agenda by Women in the Arts. My name's Katie Winton. My co-host Isabel Hawthorbe and is currently in Taiwan. So I'm joined by a very special guest by the name of Marvin today, who is a beautiful pug cross with Sydney's best underbite, I think. Marvin gets stage fright on air, so I'm going to shout out to his mum, Shannon Kovacs, on his behalf. Did you know that only 5% of music producers are women? There's a Canadian documentary that came out last year that explores the gender divide to music producers. That's screening at Frida's next week as part of For Film's Sake Festival on the same night as an exhibition that's opening in the downstairs space featuring digital media from a range of queer performance artists. Manuela Lee and Alice Stroll are coming in in about 15 minutes to chat more about that. And I'm also going to play you two new singles from local two-piece Heart People and Melbourne artist Squid Janini. First up, I want to chat a little bit about the term diversity in relation to policy making in the arts. So I went to a panel discussion on Thursday night at Carriageworks, which was put on by Contemporary Asian Australian Performance, and it addressed an article that came out on Arts Hub at the beginning of the year, written by artist and academic Tanya Kanyas. The article is titled Diversity is a White White Word and it addresses the current scramble in the arts industry for cultural diversity, which Kanyas says misses the point and doesn't address the deep causes of exclusion and power imbalance in the arts landscape. I'm just going to read you a quote from the article that pretty poignantly articulates the argument. So Kanyas says, terms such as diversity, multiculturalism and cultural and linguistically diverse only normalise whiteness as the example of what it means to be and exist in the world. Therefore, the diversity discourse within the cultural sector has only created frames by which diversity is given permission to exist under conditional inclusion. She also goes on to say, participation in the form of presentation is not enough. We need to be part of the creation of our own representations through diversity and cultural leadership. It is not about the spaces being created for visibility, but rather how they are created. So for the panel discussion that happened on Thursday at Carriageworks um, that addressed this article, contemporary Asian Australian performance invited Tim Roseman from Playwriting Australia, Lena Nollis from Diversity Arts Australia and Kate Cherry, who's the CEO of NIDA, to discuss some of these ideas raised in the article. One of the first points raised by Tim was the problematic nature of the term diversity and how that terminology kind of imposes an imperial model that automatically otherizes and assumes that whiteness is at the center of every conversation and at the center, I guess, of every organization. This point was kind of counteracted by Lena Nallis, who raised the point that although diversity has been commodified and tokenized, it's still a pretty important conversation to have. And that means that we have to talk about the language that we're using because of the importance and the significance of that language in terms of things like policy making. She acknowledged um, also the historical origins of the term diversity and like the term as a grassroots movement, which she kind of spoke of reclaiming rather than discarding. There was some talk of substitute words for the term diversity. The one that seemed to prominently arise was representation. I'm really interested in the fine line between policy change and the historical context of the word diversity and I guess the commodification of the term. By abolishing a term like diversity, do you think there's a risk of flattening the multiplicity of experience? I guess the more nebulous something is, the harder it is to action change within that system. And labels, um, I guess labels also unavoidably are problematic and that an other is always created, especially, you know, even in things like feminism, you're kind of 
automatically, I guess, creating that uh, landscape as something that is inherently patriarchal, which also recognises that there is that need for change. Um, But I'm still, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of, I don't know what I think about this and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Do you think we should abolish the term diversity? Text me on 0409-945-945. Let's go to a track now. This one came out two days ago from one of my favourite Melbourne artists and pretty accurately um, articulates fending off creeps. There's a really good spoken word part in it that you should look out for. This is the brand new single from Squid Janini. It's called Alligator. You're listening to Agenda on FBI. That was the brand new single called Alligator from Melbourne artist Squid Janini. You're listening to Agenda by Women in the Arts on FBI Radio. I'm joined now by For Film's Sake Festival programmer Manuela Lee and Down Under co-curator Alice Joel to talk about a big event happening at Frida's next week featuring a screening of Play Your Gender, a Women in Electronic Music Showcase and the opening of Cash (laughs) featuring (laughs) queer performance art. Um, thanks so much for joining me, Manuela and Alice. No worries. No worries. <laughs> I want to start by asking you, Manuela, about Play Your Gender and the troubling statistic of only 5% of female producers in the music industry. Can you tell me a little bit about the documentary? Yeah, sure. Um, the film is directed by a woman called Stephanie Cladenberg, and it's got um, the musician Kinney Starr going on a journey 
trying to figure out why there are such few female producers. Um, she speaks to so many amazing singer-songwriters. She speaks to so many amazing female producers, male producers, and they're all just trying to figure out why is it that women are so misrepresented in the music industry. Um, one of the things that I found pretty amazing about the documentary is that in the 50, 60 years that the Grammys have been on, only five women have ever been nominated to be best fe- uh, best producer and no one, no female has ever, ever won. So, yeah, it's a really, really interesting documentary that I think kind of like contextualizes how women are seen and perceived in the music industry. And for film's sake, as a festival happening in Sydney, kind of addresses these themes, but also in cinematography. Can you tell me a bit about the festival in a broader kind of context? Sure. Um, for film's sake is a festival by women for women. Um, I guess at the core of it, it's just a bunch of women that are trying to support, you know, all the gals that are trying to make it in the film industry, be they producers, directors, cinematographers, editors. So when choosing the films, there was a three-tick test. There had to be, out of the five main roles, there had to be at least three women involved. So that was director, cinematographer, producer, editor, or um, main lead. So we've got a huge collection of films. I think it's 32 in total. They're amazing heaps of different stories from all around the world um, made by amazing women or female identifying individuals. And how long has For Film's Sake been running for? Well, For Film's Sake has only been running for a year, but it's a rebrand of World of Women, which was the longest female running festival in Australia, which was 21 years in the making. And why the change in rebranding? Or I mean, I guess that's a bigger kind of a bigger thing that has happened, but it, was yeah. there a specific, um, I don't know if you can talk to this question, but was there a specific um, trajectory in terms of eradicating the word women from the title? Mm, I think I won't be able to answer that question very yeah. well. That's something more for Sophie, who's the director, but um, there was definitely mm. a reason why they wanted to get rid of the word women, just because I guess it's not all-encompassing of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, whereas for film's sake, I think, well, is it, first, it's a funnier title and it's also... I guess less like specific um but yeah I like I can't really answer that question just because I wasn't involved with World of Women. Sure well maybe we'll uh, talk to Sophie further down the track (laughs) and get some more news on that. Alice I want to open it up to you you've you've co-curated an exhibition that's happening at Down Under called Cash we were just having this debate about (laughs) how to pronounce it. Yeah Um, can you tell me a bit about the exhibition? Yeah well I think Sydney has a really beautiful thriving queer performance art scene and we've got in contact with a lot of yeah, I guess icons, like really, really beautiful performers who I guess really make the scene what it is and have asked for, I guess, footage, for rehearsal um, notes, for like diaries, digital diaries, just asking how Sydney, I guess, queer performers use digital mediums to create their live performances. And we've put together a bit of a screening of all this material. So, yeah, it should be really beautiful. So it's kind of a really nice correlation between a film... Uh, or a film screening in a film festival and spanning that out into something like performance art or documentation of people's practices. What was the decision-making process in um, representing only queer performance artists? Well, I think... Oh, I don't know. I think they're very um, underrepresented in an art world, and I'm not particularly from the art world. Um, I have, a, I guess, a background in events, and I just think there is so much diversity and um, a lot to be said about how, I guess, radical and interesting nightlife performance art can be compared to a lot of performance in the art world, and I think um, bringing that into an art gallery context is really, really interesting. And who are some of the the artists that are in the exhibition? Uh, we've got Coco Carey creating new work for us. We've got Joe Pole, Kieran Brown. 
Bryant, Adonis, uh, Akapi, some really, really, really incredible people. Fantastic. If you've just tuned in, I'm talking to Alice Joel and Manuela Lee about Sydney's one of Sydney's biggest events at the moment happening at Frida's next week. Um, we're going to take a track now from Heart People. This one is also a brand new single that came out yesterday and Heart People are playing as part of the Women in Electronic Music Showcase. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. We're going to have um, Rachel and Ryan playing, which is super exciting. Amazing. Let's listen to this one. It's called Homecoming by Heart People. You're on FBI Radio.
Bender with Katie Winton and Isabel Hawthorben. Isabel Hawthorben is actually in Taiwan <laughs> today, but this is Agenda with Katie Winton. That was Sydney-based two-piece with their brand new single, Homecoming. I'm joined in the studio by Alice Joel and Manuela Lee, and we've been chatting about the Play Agenda screening, Women in Electronic Music Showcase, and the opening of Cash at Frida's this coming Thursday. I wanted to ask you a little bit about what people can expect from the exhibition, Alice. Mm-hmm. Is it a is it one screening of the work, or is it, are there multiple aspects to it? Well, we open on Thursday night, so 27th to the 29th, but we are screening it in a kind of an unusual way and using the gallery space in an unusual way. Um, I guess we're turning it into a bit of a stage or a cinema of sorts, um, where we'll be projecting these um, these snippets and this footage uh, li- like bit large, like really large on the walls and people can come in and sit down. We're going to try and make it as comfortable as possible and it will be on a bit of a loop. So if you come in late, that's no worries. Um, but there will be about 50 to 60 minutes of footage um, and it won't be sort of like your normal gallery setting, I guess. And it's multi-screen or one kind of... Yeah, I think there'll yeah. be like one or two big screens and, and we'll play with how he's kind of screening it and that kind of thing because um, there is lots of different kinds of footage, like I said before. So, yeah, we'll do some interesting stuff with how we screen it. And you were saying before that the footage is kind of documentation of performance, but are there any works that are actual video works or is it all kind of about performance yeah, as a medium? Yeah, it's all about live performance right. as a medium and that's kind of what I was interested in. Um, I think there's a lot of amazing video uh, artists in Sydney but uh, yeah we were looking at how I guess analogue performance and live performance which has such a rich history in the queer community uh, uses digital media and new mediums to to kind of keep that live performance alive. And I feel like Down Under as a space particularly as kind of a basement space would be really conducive to that screening in that context as yeah, well because definitely. it does kind of invoke this sense that you're almost not in a club but you're in a space that's definitely not your typical white white wall gallery. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I think that's a really exciting use of the space. Yeah. And Manuela, what else is happening um, for the Women in Electronic Music Showcase? We just played Heart People. Um, who else can we expect? Um, so we've got four amazing artists playing. We've got Vediver, who's formerly known as Moon Holiday. She's going to be DJing. Then we've got P. Twigs, who's an amazing techno producer. Then we've got Heart People, who you guys just heard. And then we finish off the night with Andy Garvey. Amazing, who is yeah. an FBI favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what are some of the other events? I noticed that there's a, an hor- a horror night happening at Alaska Project. So there's some, are there a few kind of key events that are happening over for film's sake that you wanted to talk about? Or? Yeah. Um, the, the cool thing about for film's sake that I really like is that it's kind of taking the you know traditional way of watching cinema out of the cinema and actually bringing it into gallery spaces and bars and inviting people that would normally be deterred to open a film program to come and watch these incredible movies because they actually understand that there's a concept and then there's like a big idea behind it um so yeah we've got alaska projects which is by far the thing that I'm most excited about. (laughs) Um, It's a six-hour horror marathon. All the films are directed by women. Then we've got three amazing artists. We've got um, Hannah Lockwood doing a horror soundscape on the stairs. Um, She's just like the most incredible um, producer. Then we've got Michaela Stafford doing an installation downstairs. And then we've got Nat Dabblestein doing these like giant, monstrous feminine sculptures. So they're kind of like Louise Bourgeois, bodily, gross, oozy sort of sculptures that are going to be amazing for the night. And then we've got a No Lights, No Lycra at Ambush Gallery. And then we're going to be showing this film called Waiting for B, which is about 
super fans in Brazil lining up for three months to wait for Beyonce. <laughs> it, it's insane. Wow. And like, yeah, and then all day, all they do is just practice her dance moves. Waiting to see a Beyonce concert? Yeah, so they literally camp out outside of the stadium for oh three gosh. months. Wow. And it, <laughs> it's insane. Alice like, may be one of those fans. <laughs> yeah, I saw her there. Um, yeah, and there's like a hierarchy and everything. So like tent one is like the alpha of the oh, wow. of the entire tent. So they get to say like what all the other tents are. And every tent has a president. It's, yeah. What do you mean all of the other tents, they have different themes for the tents? No, so like each tent has a president. So they have one person that speaks on behalf of what each tent needs. So say, for example, if one person from their tent has to go and have a shower, they're like, uh, president of tent two <laughs> is going to leave for three hours. You cannot take our spot. So, yeah, it's wow. a very interesting kind of like political group that develops within these tents. Um, another screening that we, oh, the last night is actually called Fight Night. And our festival director has been training for the past 12 weeks, um, learning how to box. And we are getting all of these female filmmakers to get into a boxing ring at the end of our festival as a closing night and just beat each other up. Wow. So, yeah, so it's literally like yeah, fighting for the film industry, very, very literally. And we're showing a film called Burqa Boxers, which is about Muslim women in India learning how to box. Has every I'm sorry, I'm really blown away by this um like live boxing event. Has everyone been training for it? Uh yeah, everyone's been training for it. So we've got so it's twelve boxers. Four or five of them are um female directors, filmmakers. Right. And yeah, they've just been training to do this because we were like, Yeah, this is just a great way to end the to end the event to show that yeah, we will we will fight for what we want. Yeah. Very literally. Wow, and there's and there, have there been any? I noticed there was a keynote. How long is for film's sake it's going for? From Wednesday, so from this Wednesday till Sunday, and yeah, we've got a keynote speaker, Anna Cerner. She's the CEO of the Swedish Film Institute. She is the first woman in the world who's ever achieved gender parity in a country. So Sweden is like the coolest place for women. There's just it's kind of like very nicely distributed across the board, and yeah, she is the CEO of the Swedish Film Institute, and she's um enabled the country to fund 50% women, 50% men, but not in a tokenistic way. So we're bringing her down to help us in Australia because we're in our teens. There's only like 10 to 15% funding for women in Australia at the moment. Yeah, which has, I mean, Screen Australia just achieved gender parity in terms of the 50-50 scheme, right? They kind of it, it's just changed a scheme it within in, a year. in the making, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, amazing. Okay, well... If you missed any of our conversation, I've been talking to Manuela Lee and Alice Joel about all of the things happening at Frida's on Thursday night. Um, if you missed any of that, I'm going to chuck it up on the Agenda show page at the end of today. But I want to leave you with a track from Moon Holiday, um, who is DJing as Vetiva on Thursday night. This one is called Out of Bounds. It's her single from 2016. Alice and Manuela, thanks so much for joining no me. Thank you. <laughs> You're on FBI. Stick around for Back Chart Up next. <laughs>
and news from a feminist perspective. You're listening to Agenda.